Good evening, everyone. Great to be with you. I've been telling the different masses. With this new rotation of three priests, I just, every time I come to any mass, I feel like it's been like a year since I've seen you. So I'm so glad to see you. Uh, so tonight, I want to uh, briefly talk about widows in Israel. And then I want to jump into a discussion tonight. And I want to talk about character and vanity. So tonight, if I remember, you're going to get a Greek word, a Latin word, and a Hebrew word. You are, you are living it up tonight. <laughs> uh, so uh, we'll start with our Greek word tonight. So your Greek word is lepta. Can you say lepta? lepta. The little children are way more excited at mass. Uh, so lepta, lepta is what the widow tonight, that is the coin she puts in the treasury. She puts two lepta into the treasury in Jerusalem, in the temple. Which leads to our second word, which is a Latin word, which is quadrants. Can you say quadrants? So in the actual text of the Greek in the New Testament, St. Mark tells us about the, the coinage that's used tonight. And it helps us to understand what's happening with this widow. So this widow, widow walks up and she puts in two lepta, which together, when you put those two together, make a quadrant. Now, if you know your scripture well, one of the common coins that's used as an example in the New Testament is a denarius. A denarius is one day's wage for the average person in the ancient world. So for you and me as average people, right, we would make a denarius a day. The two lepta that together make a quadrants, one quadrants is worth one sixty-fourth of a denarius. One sixty-fourth. What our translations do at Mass is they want to take those numbers and they assume that you and I don't know what a quadrant is or a lepta, which is fair. But it helps us to understand the actual things that are happening in, those, in the scripture. And here's what it should move us to, a number of things. In Israel, God all over the Old Testament, when you read Leviticus and Exodus and Deuteronomy, as I know you do all the time, right? Deuteronomy 24 is a big spot for this. But what God does all the time is he talks about how you were a slave in Egypt. And I loved you. And I redeemed you when you had nothing. Therefore, you will love the poor, the orphan, the widow, and the exile. I love that. We're going to get to this in a second, but in context tonight, here in Mark chapter 12, the, the first half of our gospel tonight, Jesus denounces the scribes as being people who care all about honor. In other places, Jesus will talk about how the scribes and Pharisees care about wealth. But 
No one notices this poor widow. And at the end of the gospel tonight, when she puts in her two lepta, which make up her quadrants, which is one sixty-fourth of a denarius, when she puts those into the treasury, no one cares and no one notices. And if we know our scripture, we should know that that breaks the heart of God. And I want to apply this just briefly tonight to us. One of my dreams of Lord's has always been that what a real parish is, right? A parish that I'm all about language tonight. Parish comes from the Greek word parokos, and it means a community of exiles. That's what we are, brothers and sisters. We are a community of exiles. You and I are a group of people who do not belong in this culture. And a parish, what we should be, is so much more than a place you go to church. And one of my dreams for our parish here at Our Lady of Lords is that if you are someone who is hurting, and in a very special way, people who are widows, people who are exiles, people who are the most vulnerable in our society, those are the people that you and I take care of. They do not go to the federal government for help. They come to their family at their church. And I dream of the day that that's what will really happen. Because I think that's what should happen. That's what happens in Acts 2 in the early church. I could go off forever about this. I am sure you believe me. Um, Last thing tonight, just with that, this is part of the reason that you and I as Catholics have such a huge emphasis on the unborn. Because no one else cares about it. Our culture is addicted to pleasure and a consequence-free life, and no one gives a rip about the unborn, except us. And that's why it matters so much. The March for Life is coming up in January. Stay tuned for that. You and I should be a part of that. You and I stand up for those who have no voice for themselves. Okay. Ready for sermon number two? This means yes. This means no. Or just stare at me because I was so intense. FB, what are you doing to us? Okay, we're getting it whether you like it or not. So tonight, what I want to jump into the more, in a more significant way so there's a quote from Jose Maria Escriva, Saint Jose Maria Escriva. If you don't know him, you should get to know him. He is so amazing. He humbles me. Every time I pick up his little book, I'm just like, it's in, a, in a good way, I'm like, man, I can do so much better. I can be a better priest. I can be a better Christian. And he just inspires me. Saint Jose Maria Escriva says, one of his many lines, he says, be more concerned about your character than your reputation. Be more concerned about your character than your reputation. Your reputation is what people think you are. Your character is who you actually are. Right? Be more concerned about your character than your reputation. Your reputation is what people think you are. Your character is what you actually are. And we all know this, don't we? Our culture, you and I, we struggle with vanity. 
And I don't just mean like, you know, in the morning when you're winking at yourself in your mirror, you're like, <laughs> I don't just mean that. I mean that you and I are worried so much about what other people think about us. We're so worried about that. So am I. But we all know it, don't we? But you need an encouragement, and so do I tonight. We need to be encouraged that who we are is more important than what people think about us. And as Christians, brothers and sisters, we've got to be dedicated to this idea that our character is what God sees. God doesn't care about our reputation. And neither should we. We live in an Instagram society. We all know it. We all talk about it. There's a thousand books out there about it. But we look at other people's Instagram accounts, which you should delete. I did. I, I, I brought it back one year, and I had it for like a month, and then I was like, this, I waste so much time, and I just deleted it. People come to me, and they'll be like, FB, I'm so depressed. I'm so isolated. And I always remember there, there's a, a young person who used to be at our parish and moved out of town, and I know him quite well. And he came and met with me, and he was like, FB, I am so isolated. I'm so alone. I'm so depressed. He has the coolest Instagram account you have ever seen in your entire life. And I'm not kidding. His Instagram account, I was like, man, why did I become a priest? I'm like, that looks amazing. Be more concerned for your character than your reputation. A friend of mine recently was at a wedding of a, a young man and, and his bride that he, he knew them well. And this guy was famous, so my friend Father John, he was at this wedding, and I, I always remember back when he was in Boulder, there was this guy that went out, for us, with the, out with us for a beer one night, and, uh, and I said, who's this, who's this college kid who's coming with us? And Father John said, well, he's famous because the first time I asked him if he liked Mass, he said, well, that homily you just gave Father John, it was all sizzle and no steak. Right? What a great line. <laughs> all sizzle and no steak. Brothers and sisters, right? Tonight I want to show you in this gospel reading who you are is so much more important than what people think about you. So much more important. Jesus is someone who is condemned as a criminal, an imposter, a blasphemer against God himself. But that's not who he was. So tonight, so here's your, your Hebrew word tonight. So your Hebrew word is shofar. So everybody say shofar. We don't do too many Hebrew words because I only know like six. So one down, five more to go. So tonight, part of the gospel story, which is so cool, and this is what will lead us to understand where the story that Mark tells us wants us to get a glimpse of the difference between these things. So in the temple in Jerusalem, when you went to the temple, one of the things that was there there were 13 bronze shofars, very large ones. A shofar is a ram's horn. 
And there's lots of Old Testament significance to why they use that in the temple that we don't have time for tonight. But they were very large. And so in the ancient world, you don't have paper money. Right? Every, every part of money that exists in the ancient world is a coin. And so in the temple, if you went and you wanted to make a donation to the temple, in a prominent spot, there were 13 large bronze shofars. And Jesus, in context tonight, right, in the first part of our gospel that we heard, he condemns the scribes for seeking out places of honor, for salutations, for being all about vain things. And then Jesus sits down, right, and he looks in the temple, and he's right across from these 13 shofars, and he says, and it says that many people came and put large sums into those. Now think about that. You're in a public place. There are these big bronze depositories, these treasuries, and the only money you have is coins. So when you put in your coins, it's really loud. It's really loud. And, you know, you're much too humble to point that out to other people. But you kind of like it when everybody notices that, oh my gosh, what did that guy just put into the treasury? And so the wealthy come and they are emptying exorbitant amounts of coins into these shofars. And everyone notices. Right? It's kind of like, so Lords, you guys are so generous to the church. Most of you give online. Thank you for doing that. That actually helps us. But it's kind of awkward when the basket comes by, doesn't it? Isn't it? Right? The basket comes by, right? And the guy next to you puts in a 50, and you kind of fold your arms or just, just pass it on. And what you want to say to the guy next to you is, I give online. <laughs> and you know what he's thinking? Sure you do. <laughs> sure you do. This is literally what's happening in the temple. And so think about this. The widow tonight puts in 164th day's wage. One sixty-fourth of a day's wage. People don't hear her coins. Your character is more important than your reputation. And God sees what is hidden. He doesn't care about your resume. He does not care about if other people think you're holy or not. God looks into your heart. The widow tonight, in the Greek, it says, in the translation says she gave her whole livelihood. In the Greek, it says she gave her whole life. Kolos tombaion. What this is about, right, is that what matters to God, right? One of my favorite theologians, he says, if there were a newspaper in heaven, what would be on it? 
right? If God wakes up in the morning, he pulls out his iPhone, and he's checking the, the daily news, what would make the news in God's newsfeed? I'll tell you what it is, you all know already, it's the small, hidden act that you did that no one saw, but you did it with love. That's what God cares about. And the thing that you did, the, the moment where you bit your tongue, when there's someone who is boasting and you knew it was false, or they said something untrue, and you didn't need to die on that hill, and you disciplined yourself and you loved them anyways, these are the things that matter to God. And the saints, right, they love hiddenness. They love to be hidden. I want to make one last point tonight. The widow does something hidden. She does something that looks very small. But the widow has tremendous faith. And this poor widow is someone who did something tonight that mattered. Vanity, right? The thing that all of us are tempted to. If you're not tempted to it now, it will come. We're all tempted to vanity. Brothers and sisters, what a tragedy. What a tragedy the day you die if everyone thought you were amazing but you knew it was a lie. That everyone thought that you were the holiest person. That you were so wise and so good. But it was all a front. What tonight's gospel inspires us to, what it should inspire us to, is to say, Jesus, I don't have much. Lord, whatever talents that you have given me, they're yours. You gave them to me in the first place. Jesus, help me not just to want to look good. Lord, help me to be good. But help me to risk it. In the short time of this life, in the few years that I have, Lord, may I not be so worried about my reputation or my vanity. But Lord, may my life actually matter. Jesus, I've only got two left. That's all I've got. But they're yours. May they not just feed my vanity. Jose Maria Escriva, we'll give him the last word tonight. If you don't have this book, you should get this book. So it's, it's, this is my, can I, I'm just going to say it in church, I apologize ahead of time. This is my butt-kicking book. Every time I read this, and it's just, it's all like, it's like reading Proverbs. It's not a continuous book. You just kind of pick it up. And it's like, oh, that's kind of a cool line. And every time, it's St. Jose Maria Escriva, and he kicks my butt. And here's what he says. Whoever compiled this, the very first paragraph is so powerful. So St. Jose Maria Escriva says this to you. Do not let your life be sterile. Be useful. 
blaze a trail. Shine forth with the light of your faith and of your love. With your apostolic life, wipe out the slimy and filthy mark left by the impure sowers of hatred. And light up all the ways of the earth with the fire of Christ that you carry in your heart. Love that line. Light up all the ways of the earth with the fire of Christ that you carry in your heart. People that you and I encounter oftentimes, right? Brothers and sisters, they may have many, many great qualities. They oftentimes don't have the gifts of faith, hope, and love. But you do. And those, those gifts in God's eyes are not small gifts. Don't let your life be sterile. Be useful. Blaze a trail. Shine forth with the light of your faith and of your love. With your apostolic life, wipe out the slimy and filthy mark left by the impure sowers of hatred. And light up all the ways of the earth with the fire of Christ that you carry in your heart.